Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. all you need you have landed in the right place on a day that love is in the air i want to know where your love of sport began 13 13 55 0467 736 736 where did the love affair start what or or who made you fall in love with the game the club the team you follow was it an experience was it going to a grand final was it watching something on tv listening to something. A player, maybe it was a bat to ball or a racket that you got at Christmas or for a birthday. What made you fall in love with sport? What was the moment? And why do you still love it? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Thanks for wearing your heart on your sleeve with me today, Valentine's Day. And look, to be brutally honest, not a fan of Valentine's Day. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, what? You need one day. To tell your significant other how much you love them? No one likes it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, well, but in the in the theme of being uplifting, we don't need an excuse to celebrate our love of sport, do we? For me, my earliest memory of getting swept up in sport was just over 40 years ago. The America's Cup. I was nine years old. I woke up early and watched John Bertrand and Australia 2 take down the might and power of America. Dennis Connor, Stars and Stripes, for what is the oldest trophy in world sport. Now, sailing couldn't give a rat about it. And I was nine. What the hell would I know? But it brought a country together. That sense of national pride, it, it gave me tingles. I, I was nine. Yet I understood the underdogs against the odds win and, and showing us that little old Australia could stand up to a superpower and win. It's that age-old David and Goliath story, isn't it? Still gives me tingles now. I, I loved it. And it struck a chord for the kid from Corinda, that sense of tribalism, the togetherness, the united. And it didn't matter what you did. If your boss sacked you for not turning up that day, he was a bum, right? Yeah. What else in society does that? But sport. Anyway, that was me. 1983, America's Cup. What about you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Where did your love, the love affair of sport start? It's going to be our theme coming through today, but we do have a big three hours coming up. Rugby League, yes, it is back on the cards with an vengeance. And no, we're not talking about brouhaha's in a park in the valley. Uh-uh. Darius Boyd will be along in the next half an hour. I, I want to get the insight into the Broncos camp when it comes to on-field stuff because they have one game to get it right before round one. One game, and it's this weekend against the Cowboys. They've named a near-full-strength side to take on the Cowboys in Mackay. Missing Katoni Staggs, Jesse Arthurs, they're playing in the All-Stars match Friday in Townsville. But after that, the Broncos 
are on a flight to Vegas. They do have another trial slated against Manly, but that that is literally the training trials and those outside the top 30 playing that. Same with Manly because they'll be heading to the US as well. Darius Boyd on the biggest challenge the Broncos face, and that's no Herbie Farnworth. The centres. Selwyn Cobbo switching to centres, something that Darius has done from the wing to the centres and fullback. He's played all three positions. But what role has he been playing in helping that transition? And what role will Reese Walsh play? How important will the fullback be to making sure those edges, that defensive pairing, either side of the ruck, how will that play and how will the Broncos fare? What have they been working on over the off-season? We'll get stuck into that. You'll hear a full replay of Kevin Walters' chat with Patton Heels this morning. If you missed this, 20 past seven. Wow. Uh, he covered issues on field and off. And he answers a question from you. We had a caller, or Patton Heels had a caller earlier in their program, wanting to know about the alcohol culture. Does that ex- still exist in modern-day sport? He was of the impression that it did. Players, do they turn up after a big night out to training with a skin foot? What happens? Well, Kevy answers that, and he was open and honest. As I said, it's a big weekend for the Broncos. Selwyn Cobbo, that centre experiment. But also, whilst Kevy touched on that, he also touched on our top five for today. That's right, top five. You will be compiling a top five list of the most underrated player in the comp. Oh, he was fantastic, yeah, in the trial against Winterman. And, and to be fair to Tristan, he was very good when he came in last year at different stages. So we're, we're trying to work, you know, our plan around bringing him into the 17, you know, at some stage. But uh, I feel it's best to... Our best team to start the season will be one pretty close to, to that finished off last year. I know we've got four players that have moved on, but we've also had some players, you know, play in those positions throughout the year. So if we can start the season really solid with a nice, you know, uh, solid lineup, and then gradually as the season goes on, we can introduce different traits and, and specialties that will yeah. improve us, I believe, as a footy team. There we go. Taste of Kevin Walters coming up, but he was touching on Tristan Saylor. And I mentioned this yesterday briefly. I want to get stuck into it today. Tristan Saylor, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated, underutilised players in rugby league right now. And I say that because the form that he showed last year when he did get a chance, and, and what I've seen at training, what I've seen in the trials, I know it was Wynnum. But this kid, actually, he's no longer a kid, is he? He is good. He is real good. And he would be a walk-up start in pretty much every other team in the comp. Maybe you could probably count on one hand the teams that he would probably not get a start in, Broncos being one of them. But it poses the question, most underrated or underutilised athletes across any sport, any era, we'll be compiling that top five list today with... Your help. Cricket springs to mind. Michael Nisa is another. If he was born and playing in any other era, surely Michael Nisa is one of first picked for Australia. In fact, any other country, he'd be one of the first picked, wouldn't he? What he can do with a ball and now a bat. You think back to the likes of Stuart McGill. If there wasn't a bloke called Shane Warne, Stuart McGill plays 100 tests for Australia. Who else? In what other sports? Matt Ballon. He springs to mind. Broncos assistant coach. He played one origin for Queensland. The day the time Cam Smith was unavailable. If there wasn't a bloke called Cam Smith, Matt Ballon plays what? 20 origins? Easy. So let's compile that top uh, five list today.
underrated, undervalued players from any era, any sport. Go. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, speaking of cricket, Manus Labashain will be captain in Queensland for the first time in just under an hour. The kickoff at 10 o'clock will bring you scores from Adelaide. It's the Bulls and the Redbacks in a one day. Uh, Usman being rested, managed ahead of a test series in New Zealand. Jimmy Pearson is out with an knee injury. Manus gets his shot. Some are saying this could be him taking his first steps to possibly captaining Australia. What? Well, he is one of the youngest in the team outside of Cam Green. In fact, he's the only player in the test team under 30 outside of Cam Green. Minus Labashane captaining the Bulls. Last night, we saw David Warner's last stand in Australia. The last time we'll see him bat in this country. There are three games now until the T20 World Cup in June, which is happening in America and the Caribbean. The Windies, they got the better of Australia last night. They can bat, and they can bat deep. They did it. They were three for 17. The West Indies last night in Perth. Xavier Bartman making his T20 international debut. Two wickets in two overs. The Windies, three for 17 in all sorts. They ended up putting on 221. Ray Russ. Andre Russell, he was old school. He took to Adam Zampa like a fat kid on a smarty. He was all over him. Adam Zampa, the worst figures he's ever recorded in T20 internationals. And Andre Russell batting without a helmet against the spinners. That was old school. That was Viv Richards-like. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, well, not for Australia. They lost the final of that uh, three-match series. They did win the series against the Windies. But again, it's all getting combinations ready for the World Cup. You'll hear reaction from that as the morning winds on. And also, Will Brown, the tearaway from Toowoomba. He is taking over the most scrutinised seat in Australian motorsport. SVGs drive at Triple Eight Racing, Red Bull Racing. No Van Gisbergen, no, no defending champ, no Brody Kostecki, who was Will Brown's teammate last year. Does that leave the supercars wide open this series, uh, this season? Or does it leave them wide open for criticism? Uh, Will Brown, after 11, the head of the season kickoff, which is happening next Friday at Bathurst. But before we do that, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Uh, plenty to feast on this morning as well. Texts are already coming through about your love affair of sport. I want to plant another seed in your mind today. A lot of variety going on today because yesterday it was all one-way traffic, wasn't it? The Broncos. But it was on the back of that discussion that I got thinking about this. Why does money matter when judging athletes' behaviour? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. It's a serious question. And don't say that, oh, it doesn't, because you do judge an athlete on their pay packet. Well, most of you do. And I've got to tell you, it's one of my biggest bugbears. And the reason I bring it up is because of the conversations yesterday surrounding Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds. Our very own Vanessa Gibson was asked her take on the Broncos brouhaha. I spoke to her here in the studio. Uh, also, Patton Heels did as well yesterday morning, just from, well, a parent's point of view. It's not okay. I don't think we should just brush this off as boys will be boys. Oh, they're just out having fun. They're just mates. 
they are paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to maintain a certain level of behaviour in public, on and off the field. And I don't think we should just brush this off as, oh, mm. they're having a bit of fun. They're all right. We can do better as a society. And as young, you know, as with young kids playing sport, they are part of their contract is you know, this role that they have in the next generation. You know, those kids love that fan day. They love it when the players come out to their clubs. They mm. love any chance to interact with these sports stars. And they need to do better. They are paid a lot of money to do better. Yeah, see, Vanessa, she mentioned it twice, and, and I pulled her up on it on air because I agree with everything she has just said, except for the money part. Why... Does it matter how much they're getting paid? That does doesn't matter to you. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. I don't think it's relevant. Behaviour should be a standard across the board, regardless of what you get paid, regardless of what you do. I mean, if you're a if you're a barista or a barrister, surely behaviour's behaviour, right? Who cares how much you get paid? Yet. It seems when any debate around this, it's a default. It's a fallback. Oh, they're overpaid. They're spoilt. There's too much money, too much time on their hands. These guys are on a million bucks a year. Well, hang on. They're not. And actually, while we're here, let's bust some myths. Yesterday, I mentioned about the AFL releasing some numbers, some numbers of what players get paid. They listed 19 AFL players last year were on contracts of worth more than a million dollars. 19 out of 750 plus. So that's 2.5% of AFL players are on a million dollars a year plus. The NRL, well, well, they don't report those numbers, but most estimations on what clubs and managers say when they re-sign or upgrade a player, we've gleaned that there are 14 players in the NRL on a million dollars a year plus. 14 out of 510. So that's two and a half, well, actually it's 2.7%. So two and a half percent, two and it's hardly, it's hardly a ripple, isn't it? So why do we keep citing money as prerequisites for good behavior or, or the catalyst for bad? These million dollars, you know, we were paying these kids million dollars a year. Well, we're not. They're not. Why does the expectation increase? Because your payback it does. It's not fair, is it? Or have I got this completely wrong? Does it go hand in hand? 13, 13, 55, 04, 67, 736, I know some flogs who are completely loaded. I know some flogs who are getting by week to week, day by day, pay packet to pay packet and even stretching. So it shouldn't come into the argument, should it? I know... I know the flip side of that. I know some absolute ripping people who sometimes don't have $2 to scratch together. I also know some ripping people who have plenty and never have to worry about money again. So again, why is money and pay packets and how much athletes earn always a default and a fallback? Being the best in the field, being professional, being elite, bringing something to the table that others can't, that's what matters when someone decides how much they're going to pay you, right? Behaviour, that should be a constant across the board. Surgeons, dentists, uh, accountants, give me some other highly paid professions. <laughs> Property, developers, real, real estate agents. Do we ever mention their pay packets if 
behaviors ever brought into question? No. So why athletes? Coming up, I'm going to pick the brains of someone who actually has been immersed in the sporting world from within the inner sanctum, has seen it from a sponsor's point of view. Uh, he's researched, he's written books about players and athletes' behaviour. But right now, I'd like your opinion. Does money matter when it comes to players' behaviour? Why do you always use it as a default in any argument? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Not throwing stones, not casting, especially just curious aren't you remember you're only worth what someone's willing to pay you and if your behavior's sketchy then expect that payment to go down Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. And Holder Bowles, Warner pulls and pulls it for four. Joseph Bowles. Warner edges just wide a first slip down to the boundary for four. Holder's with him now and he's hit it beautifully. Hard and high over the mid-wicket boundary it goes. Four rows back and a spectator has taken the catch. Bowls to Warner who picks him up first ball and hits him for six over long on. No, no, I'm well and truly done. Um, it's time for the youngsters to come through and uh, showcase their talent. And we've got extreme talent here. And you've got a lot of the guys here from Perth that are in this team at the moment. And uh, we got, uh, we're, in, we're in good stead for the future. Yeah, there we go. David Warner last night in Perth, his last stand in Australia. Three more matches until the World Cup, the T20 World Cup. Uh, his 80 was not enough to get Australia home. The bowlers decimated by a really strong Windies uh, uh, lineup. Uh, Andre Russell, D Russ, was absolutely firing 71 of 29. And he was batting without the helmet too, against the spinners. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Uh, Get to the open line in just a tick, but first of all... Money. Yeah, text flying in. Your love for sport. Where did it start on this Valentine's Day? Where did it start? Who started it? Was it a player? Was it a moment? Was it an event you were watching? Tony, listening in Bundaberg, thank you, mate, for being part of the show. My love of sports started as a seven-year-old on the old black-and-white TV. 1972, watching the Munich Olympics and cricket on the ABC. He was engrossed. Tony, thank you. Thank you for sharing the memories. And it's lasted that long and continues. What was your love affair of sport? Where, where did it start? Winston, as a, as a young ducky. Wow, the moment for me, maybe it was a young, I think that's ducky is the word he was trying to use, but yeah, as a younger ducky, the moment for me was watching Michael Clark's 329 not out at the SCG with Ricky Ponting and Michael Hussey in tow. It's an enduring memory, memory because I wiped the 2010 NRL and AFL grand finals from my memory. 2010, AFL, oh, I'm going to have to go back and think who they were. All right, Winston, so there we go, Michael Clark, 329. Who or what was your love affair with sport? Where did it all start?
Where did it all start? Uh, Greg has been holding on. Greg, good morning to you. Um, what's on your mind? Money or the love affair of sport? In fact, let's go both. Good morning. Okay, very quickly, mate. Mine was Greg Capel's 120 on debut in around 70, 71 against the Bombs. Magnificent. Nice. nice. And just captivated mate, you from the, there on the, in, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's when I fell in love with sport. I was, uh, what was I, 9, 10, yeah. Anyway, buddy, um, just the, the money or the, you know, the, the, the talk about athletes and stuff. Yeah. In, in Australia, I think, mate, we call it the tall poppy syndrome. And that's the, that's the term people use when they're jealous of someone else's success and the, and the money and the wealth and the fame that comes with it. And in the main, the most people that carry a media story nowadays is social media. Mm-hmm. And, and predominantly, people that make these comments on social media are jealous. They're jealous of someone else's success and they, they, they adopt a victim mentality and... The tall poppy syndrome is the default you go to when you've got no other argument as to why they're successful and you're not. Ah, there you go. So it's because you can't formulate an argument. Hey, Greg, appreciate that. Tall poppy syndrome. I, I, I remember being explained tall poppy syndrome by my parents as a kid before the athletes were on the mega bucks that they're on now. Um, so does Greg have a point? Uh, let's go to, where are we? Uh, Launton. Greg. Another Greg. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, mate? Very well. Does money matter? No, it does not matter at all. I couldn't care if you're on a hundred million dollars or a one dollar. If you do something wrong, then you know, like, there's there's reasons for this. Like Barnaby Joyce, like yesterday, he was on medication and alcohol. Mm. Maybe Patrick Carrigan needs an alcohol, you know, ban for a while just to, you know, keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah, so but my, my question to you there, Greg, is why, why do people always go to their pay packets as a default? Is it tall poppy syndrome or is it something else? Oh, yeah, I'd say it'd be that. Well, I don't care. Like, I don't care how much money you earn, no matter what job. If you do the wrong thing, even if you're on a dollar, you, you do the wrong thing, you, you, you pay the consequences. Yeah, spot on. Spot on, Greg. Hey, you and I are on the same wavelength. Good on you, mate. Appreciate you listening. 13, 13, 55, 0467 736 736. Look, thanks for making the switch. SENQ, your new home of sport here in Queensland, 693 AM. If you're down on the Goldie, 1620. But the best way to listen to is on the SEN app, of course. Ah, speaking of Vanessa, she is standing by with a news hit, Darius Boyd, not too far away. On this Valentine's Day, what made you fall in love with sport? What was the moment or who was the player? Maybe it was someone you had up on your wall as a poster. Maybe it was the time you got a jersey, a ball, a racket, a bat for Christmas and didn't look back. For me, 1983, Australia 2, the America's Cup, sailing, whatever, but it united a country. I was nine years of age, and from what I can tell, the the texts that are coming through, uh, the phone calls too, which we'll get back to very shortly, I reckon that sweet spot, eight, nine, ten years of age, was when it clicked. You you may have played sport in a team uh, previous to that, but that was just about having fun. 
without being a kid. But what is it that ignited your passion for sport? The reason why you've landed here on SEN, the home of sport here in Queensland, the Sports Entertainment Network. Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, Jack has said, watching Usain Bolt at the Olympics, I was eight years of age. Athletics then lit a fire in me, and it's what I've been doing ever since. So there we go, Usain Bolt, one of the modern-day heroes. Maybe it was Tiger Woods. You watched him as a kid growing up. Mm. 1982, Commonwealth Games in Brisbane. What about the Sydney Olympics in 2000? We have that chance in 2032. 13, 13, 736. Underrated players, Jamie Siddons. Classy with the bat, but the calibre when he was around was just too strong. Jamie Siddons going to add him to the list. Actually, I mentioned Jimmy Marr before. He was um, in here picking up heels to go off to a uh, Bulls Masters function today. Jimmy Marr. He played and won World Cups for Australia. But the era that he played in, Stuart Law can be in the same boat. Stuart Law plays one test, 54 not out, and never to play for Australia again. Because there was a bloke called Stuart, uh, Stuart, a bloke called Steve Waugh in front of him. Adding him to the list. Uh, Tristan Saylor right now is the top of the list. Hey, this is a great one from Gary. Glenn Houseman. Always in the shadow of Kieran Perkins. Yeah. Glenn Houseman. There's a blast for the past. Brilliant. Adding to the list, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. As we wind our way through this wonderful Wednesday morning, we'll be hearing from Chris Fagan, the Lions coach. We'll also be hearing from Kevy Walters, the Broncos coach. If you missed this with Patton Heels earlier this morning, Kevy, very open and honest, yes, in the wake of what happened uh, between his captain and vice captain, but also moving forward, what the team is looking for ahead of Vegas, the positional switches. Yeah, he mentions Tristan Saylor as well. I'll playing that in its entirety after 10 today. But uh, after this quick break, we'll be back to catch up with Darius Boyd. He is instrumental about what's happening on field with the Broncos. They have one trial against the Cowboys in Mackay this Sunday evening. And then that's it. They're on a plane to LA and then it's Vegas. Round one. How important is this trial on Sunday? Well, I'll give you a taste of how important it is. Adam Reynolds is playing. Let's just set sink in for a moment. Adam Reynolds, who doesn't play trials, is playing this weekend. 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. They are the digits you need to be involved in the Queensland Sports biggest conversation. Darius Boyd on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
think Slam and Sam is enjoying this just a little too much. Yes, Valentine's Day, your love affair of sport. Where did it start? John, thank you for your text. Growing up in Western Queensland, I remember driving through the brown wheat fields heading to the races. And all of a sudden, the colourful bookies' umbrellas would appear for me to arrive at the track to the sights of the jockeys, their bright colours, these huge athletic horses, the smell of the stables. That's where it started for me. John, thank you for sharing. Yes, wearing your heart on your sleeve. The love affair of sport. It's why you've arrived here, right? So where did it start? What was the moment? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Actually, it's going to be my first question to Darius Boyd, who's on the line now from Broncos HQ. Uh, Darbs, very good morning to you. Where did the love affair of sport start for you? Was there a moment? Was there a player? Was there an event? Yeah, morning, mate. Um, I think I was just playing sport at a young age. I trialled a few different sports, um, rugby league, rugby union, cricket, um, tennis, uh, basketball. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, pretty quickly, I realised rugby league was something I was really passionate about and, um, you yeah, I've loved all sports, you know, ever since. I mean, as a kid, we do it to play and have fun. When, when did it connect with you that this was a way of life? Um, oh, for me, I was probably a bit of a late bloomer, so probably not till my you know later teen years, uh, probably 17, 18, when I went to the sport excellence school, Palm Beach Crumber, the Gold Coast, and um, you know seen other guys that might around my age group having scholarships and contracts to different rugby league and NRL clubs. That I realised that maybe this was something that um, you know I could try to pursue and see if I was good enough. And um, yeah, lucky enough the Broncos picked me up and gave me my first opportunity. Oh, I love it, mate. Thank you for sharing. Now, the reason we have you on the program today is to, to get an insight uh, to this weekend. It's a trial match against the Cowboys in Mackay, but it's probably the most important match of a trial that you, you'll play in a long time as a club because you only get one shot at it before you're on the plane to Vegas. It's a near full-strength side, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. It is. It's um, yeah, a bit of a different preparation this year with the Vegas game being um, you know earlier, and uh, it means that uh, the Broncos boys, as the three other teams that are playing in Vegas, don't get that um, second trial that they normally would. Uh, but in saying that, that's why they've you know Kevy's picked a you know, really strong side to go out this week and um, you know, get it. I suppose blow the cobwebs out, as you say, to hopefully get some combinations going and some match fitness before you know big preparation for the Vegas game. Now, I was trying to look back, but there's not too many records kept on trial matches, so maybe you can clear this up because the, the, one of the big talking points to come out of it, there were many, but one of them was like, hang on, Adam Reynolds is playing. Adam Reynolds doesn't play trial matches. Uh, is that, is that, that's not the norm, is it? Like Adam Reynolds playing a, a trial match. You, you kind of save him until round one, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's really player by player, case by case. I think, you know, when I was coming through, Darren Lockyer never played trial matches uh, when he was the Broncos and his you know, peak of his powers but in saying that I think it comes down to the individual I think um, I'm sure Kevy's got a, a, a idea of him not to play but in saying that I'm sure Renault knowing the competitor he is probably wants to um, as many of us do usually blow the cobwebs out get a feel of the game even if it's just 20 minutes um, and then you know, make sure he's ready to go over uh, for Vegas all right, well, one of the big changes uh, we've seen uh, with uh, your team at Red Hill uh, and the team that you're part of the coaching staff on is a change to the back line. No Herbie Farmworth. Selwyn Cobbo making that transition from the wing to the centre. Uh, know that in rep footy and, and, and footy along the way, it's something 
you did, wing centre, but obviously ended up at, at fullback. How big a transition and how much work has gone into Selwyn into the, the centres? What's the biggest hurdle he's had to overcome or at least adjust to? Yeah, well, Selwyn's, um, you know, he's a special talent. He's um, got all the attributes. He's got a lot of game awareness, which probably doesn't get spoken about a whole lot. We see, you know, his strength and his, um, you know, his speed and his athleticism. But, you know, rugby league is a lot about smarts and the game awareness. And he just gets rugby league. He's just someone that, um, well, he has only been training in the centres in the NRL system for the last couple of months. Um, even after a week or two, you could just see he just understood the game. He understood his positioning. You know, defensively, he's in good positions. Um, he knows where to put his body. Um, he's communicating well with you know Ezra and Corey and his inside and outside. So it's really exciting. Looking forward to seeing Selwyn play. Um, we know he's an athlete. We know he's played at the highest level already at such a young age. Uh, but this is just another opportunity for him to showcase his skills in another position. And I think he's going to make a really good, strong, quality center and play rep footy in that position. I'm glad you mentioned communication because that's kind of the skill that does get overlooked. And especially when you've got a new combination on an edge, that, that, that communication is key. And it's not only those either side of you, but there's the bloke at the back as well, a fullback. And this is a position you know really well. How much import or how much of a factor is Reese Walsh going to be in this, in this transition to make sure that defensive line is right? Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge for all young players is their communication and um, not so much they don't want to talk. It's more just um, understanding the game and knowing what needs to be said at the, at the right times. And I think that's what young players all um, grow into as they become older and more experienced. They understand the game better. They understand um why they do what they do or how the game needs to be run and talk about the process and the and the structure of defensive line or the offensive shapes we may have. And, um, yeah, that's something that Reese has built his game on. And last year, I think he grew in that space and he's going to continue to grow as he gets older and, and more experienced. And, um, yeah, but fullback these days, is, it's a tough job. And, um, you know, Reese has done a great job at it so far. Yeah, the conductors really, aren't they, of the, of the defensive line? What about Selwyn? Mate, give us a give us an insight into that because when when we see him fronting the media or just in the public space, um, uh, probably not the most talkative bloke. <laughs> He's pretty quiet. What what what's, what's he like? What's he like on the field? Yeah, I think that's something that um you know a lot of guys that depending on their personalities is it more of a shy, introverted character, Selwyn. But in saying that, when Football comes, I think that's when they feel you know most confident and natural. He's been playing since he was a young kid, obviously, and um, you know his talents speak for themselves. And I think um, even just seeing him at training or speaking to you know Corey Oates and some of those guys, they say that Selwyn you know basically doesn't shut up on the field. So I think when you feel in your comfort zone and rugby league's uh, Selwyn's comfort zone, he's you know more than talkative. He understands the game really well, and um, you know he needs to keep talking with like I said Ezra and Corey because as you mentioned before the more communication you have the more trust you build in that sense um, the better off you go in your defensive line but as a team as a whole as well mate you've seen it firsthand up close and personal you, 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 you've seen the, the GIs you've seen the Israel Folaus even Latrell Mitchell make that make that switch how is Selwyn going to go because those comparisons will come that's what everyone is thinking. Wing moving into uh, an extra position. H- how how will he go with those comparisons? And, and where does he stand in your mind right now after seeing those have been before him? Yeah, you can definitely understand the, the comparisons. But I think 
Selwyn's going to be the, the next Selwyn Cobbo, which I think is really cool. We've got the, the Greg Inglises, we've got Latrell Mitchells, the names you mentioned, and you know, we had Justin Hodges before them, and yeah. you know, now we're going to have Selwyn Cobbo, and I think that's really cool for the next generation coming through that might not remember some of those older names, but they'll be aspiring to be uh, the next Selwyn Cobbo, and I think that's pretty cool. Selwyn can make his own history and his own legacy, and he's already done that, and um, he's probably got another 10 years ahead of him to um, keep making that legacy stronger and, and, and for the next generation coming through is going to be really special. Outstanding. We can't see it. Uh, we can't wait to see it in action uh, th- this Sunday in Mackay against the Cowboys. Stubbs, before I let you go, um, I, I said at the beginning of the program, Tristan Saylor, he's got to be one of the most underrated, under, I'm not going to say underutilized because he's got a, he's got a fair amount of talent in front of him. Um, where do you see him fitting in th- this year? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, uh, Tristan's one of those guys that I've come across in my time, whether I was a player or doing a bit of coaching stuff now. He's probably one of the smartest guys I've come across. He understands the game really well. He's always thinking. Uh, whenever we do drills at training, he's always wrecking the drills because he's too smart and he comes up with a way to get around them. Um, <laughs> it's frustrating from a coaching point of view, but no, he's, and it reminds me of his dad a little bit, but no, he's, he's too good to be playing reserve grade. So I think, you know, I'm sure Kevy understands that as well and sees that. So I think um, you know, you'll be seeing a lot more of Tristan playing in Broncos colours this year, which is exciting. Whether he plays at fullback if Reese is out or injured or he plays on the wing or 5'8", or even through the middle somewhere, maybe off the bench, I'm not sure. But um, you know, you've got to get your best players on the field and, and Tristan's definitely one of our best players. Outstanding stuff. Well said. Always great to chat, Dubs. Good luck for the weekend and then heading into Vegas. Darius Boyd from inside the Broncos bunker. Just an insight of what they've been working on over the summer Selwyn Cobbo, all eyes will be on him, the centre of attention, if you like, uh, when it comes to not only this trial, but then round one against the Chooks in Vegas. 13-13-55-0467-736-736-952. Kevy Walters, if you missed it with Patton Heels, we'll play that after the news at 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Forget Taylor Swift not coming to Brisbane or at least Queensland. The email that I've just seen in my inbox, what about this? Pearl Jam is coming to the Gold Coast. November, Heritage Bank Stadium, Metricon Carrara, whatever you want to call it, Heritage Bank Stadium are going to host Pearl Jam. That's the first concert that they've had in this country in a decade. So all the dads out there, I know we're consoling our teenage daughters about no Tay-Tay in Brisbane or at least in Queensland, but at least Pearl Jam's coming at the end of the year. There's an experience for them. Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Plenty to get through this hour. Uh, the Bulls, Marnus Labashane, his first time captaining Queensland. He lost the toss to South Australia, and they have elected to bowl the Redbacks, sending Queensland in. It's a one-dayer at Karen Rolton Oval in Adelaide. Uh, ben McDermott, Maxie Bryant opening the batting. Queensland currently none for four, only an overrolled into that. I'll keep you updated with those scores as they roll along this morning. Uh, let me have a look here on the text line. Yes, we are compiling our top five lists for today. The top five 
most underrated or underutilised players in any sport across any era. Comes off the back of Tristan Saylor. Geez, that was good from Darius Boyd, wasn't it? Tristan Saylor, one of the smartest players rocking around, and as a coach, he hates it because every drill they come up with, every problem they put in front of him, he solves it, he cracks it. And, and it's a nightmare for them. Oh, that defensive drill. There we go. Tristan's just wrecked it again for us in a good way. So, Tristan Sala, he's at the top of the list. We've got Glenn Houseman there. Andy Bickle, thank you, Max. He joins the list. You can't go past Andy Bickle as one of the most underrated and undervalued players of all time. Always seemed to have a massive impact when he did play and he helped Australia win that 2003 World Cup. Yes, he did. Would be one of the all-time greats if he wasn't behind one of the best bowlers of all time. Andy Bickle added to the list. Michael Nisa is there. Uh, Stuart McGill. Matt Ballon on the list. Yep. Uh, this text coming through. Name, name on it saying, maybe not underrated, but definitely unlucky. A bit like Tristan Saylor to be born in the era he was. Daniil Medvedev. Too good to only have one major, but he started his career with Roger, Rafa, Novak, all in his way. Now he's got Alcaraz, Sinner. And me, when I go pro in front of him. All right, there we go. Ambitions and talent getting mixed up. But see, there's no name on that. Geez, that could have come from anyone. Mm. Uh, anyway, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, and Muzz, very good morning to you. What about this drive-by on Adam Reynolds? He said, Ben, I believe Adam Reynolds' trial match will mirror his grand final appearance. Play the first 40 and then rest in the second half. Oh, jolly. That really hurt. <laughs> yeah, it did. Wow. Sam, where did you pull that one from? I love it. Charlie bit my finger. Slam it, Sam. He's coming up with some good gear in 2024. Uh, look, I, I want you to come up and help me with this. What, why is the default always someone's pay packet when it comes to athletes behaving badly? Too many times yesterday, I heard as part of the argument with Reese Walsh, uh, Reece- well, sorry, Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds. Reese Walsh on my mind. Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds. These, get, these players get paid so much money, and uh, so what? End of argument. Don't bring it in. Why does money matter? Uh, We've heard from callers already today about tall poppy syndrome. Is that an issue for you? For, For me, money shouldn't matter. Yet for so many of you, it does. It comes into an argument when someone's behavior comes into question. When I say someone, I'm talking an athlete. Do we ever bring it into question when a, a lawyer Real estate agent, accountant—you name it. High profile, oh, high profile, hi- highly paid surgeons, dentists, and their behaviour. Does their pay packet ever come into question? Yeah, no. What about actors and musicians when they play up? Those at the top of the tree. Ah, oh, it's just rock and roll and Hollywood, right? Uh, does their pay packet ever get brought into the argument? No. So why athletes? Why is that a default? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Should money matter? Should it be part of the argument when someone's behaviour comes into question? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's irrelevant. But many of you think it's all part of the equation. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Well, I'll let you stew on that and get your opinion. I do want to play Kevin Walters. This morning he had a very open and raw and honest chat exclusively with Pat and Heels. They delved into, obviously, the headline grabbers from Sunday night. And Patty... He started by asking Kevy, "Geez, not the way you wanted to start the season, was it?" No, it's not. Um, you know, the, the instance that happened on on Sunday night. Certainly, none of us are, are proud of or wanted it to happen, but it has happened, and I felt we've got 
you know, right in front of it and addressed uh, the issue. And then now it's in the hands of the NRL Integrity Unit. And, you know, we'll just get on with things. And thankfully, there's some football on this weekend yeah. up in uh, Mackay for us. So that'll be a good distraction. <laughs> Kevin, can I just ask who drove yesterday? Who, 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 uh, who said that the two players were going to front the media and front the microphones? Well, the two players were the, you know, were all part of the group. Myself, Dave Donaghy, and the two players, and Steel Talent, who's our media person or head of media, head of communications. Um, it was all decided that we just got to get in front of it, and the boys were happy to do that. They're happy to, to own what you know what they've done, um, and so we thought that was the, the, the best idea, rather than you know trying to hide behind it. Just get out in front of it and uh, let's get on with things. Yeah. It, it was probably very lazy, wasn't it? When they got in their little scuffle, they didn't stop it. They just, oh, I'm going, I'm just going to give him another clip, and it just, it just got out yeah. of hand a bit. I bet. Well, you've, you've seen the ex Broncos players in your dressing rooms heels after <laughs> one day games at the Gabba uh, with the carry on. So yeah, it is just play wrestle, and it just turned a bit nasty at the back end of it. But there's nothing sinister in it. They're all they get on famously. All these these boys, I've never. You know, I've been around lots of groups that have got great connections, you know, within the, the playing roster, and this is one of those groups. So, yeah, just one of those things that, that uh, went went bad late in the night. Well, yeah. not wasn't even that late, really. It's just, um, yeah, just, just turned sour. So, You were reported to be furious. Was that the case? Or just uh, explain to us how you did feel. I wasn't furious. I felt sorry for the for the two boys involved more than anything because I know what sort of people they are. And uh, Pat Carrigan and and Reno, our captain, both do so much, you know, in and around the community. Uh, they're such good people <laughs> everywhere they go. So they, you know, made a uh, poor decision um, on, on Sunday night, and they're you know paying a consequence for that decision. I'm sure they're, they're learning from it as well. It's important um, when you do make these types of mistakes that you. That you learn from it. I've certainly, you know, I'm no angel myself when it comes to this sort of stuff. But you know, this was 20, 30 years ago, where you know things have changed and, and the and the environment has changed. But um, you know, it's just one of those things that happen, and we just got to, we've dealt with it, so we're we're getting on with it. Yeah, and we'll move on as well. We've had a caller earlier about drinking culture, Kevin. I'm I'm with you. I mean, sure, 20 or 30 years ago, and. To a certain extent, I was a part of it. You know, when I'm living with the Broncos, going to every training session, yeah. uh, you'd have a few drinks and all that sort of thing. But I just don't think that culture exists now. And this yeah. was the week, as you know, like you have your fan day, you've got your launch this week. This was the week we'd say, well, boys, thanks for an unbelievably tough preseason. Have a night out. And they're yeah. entitled to a night out. They're kids. They, they certainly are. And yeah, as far as the drinking culture in rugby league now, it's, it's very. It, times have changed so much and have had to because the, the players now, um, if they do, you know, have a drink, it just puts them behind their training, behind... Because back in the day, uh, when we were playing, every, every, most teams, you know, had a beer after games, the, the like, regardless of, you know, there was no shorter turnarounds w with matching and scheduling. So, uh, but today, sometimes it's five and six-day turnarounds and, and these players really want to look after themselves and after their body because... That's their tool to, to, you know, get them... The better they look after themselves, the longer they can stay in the game as such. Right. So they're, they're pretty... They're very good. Very good these days. And it was just an unfortunate incident, you know, on Sunday night. Um, and we're, you know, as we say, we're working together as a club to, to put that behind us, but also move forward and learn 
from the mistakes. You can't dictate what the integrity unit's going to do, but what are your expectations? A fine, smack on the backside, yeah. play on. Well, I'm expecting a fine, which um, you know the boys, uh, the men that involved it, are totally in agreement with, and then we just get on with things. We've you know got a match on you know on Sunday night up in Mackay against the Cowboys, which is a trial game, and then we head to Vegas or Los Angeles first next Thursday. And we're there for about 10 days and we head across to Vegas for round one against the Roosters, which for me, that's the exciting part of, of what's happening. It's, it's a shame what happened on Sunday night, but we've, as I say, we've addressed it and we're, we're moving forward now. Uh, how would you answer a critic, in the, which I picked off Talkback Radio yesterday, sort of saying it was horrible disrespect to the greatest game of all? Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are great representatives of our game. Um, whoever that caller was or person was, tell them to drop down to the Broncos uh, fan day and see what the players are doing amongst the community with our fans. Um, I sat next to Ezra Mam signing for about an hour. Yep. And the way for a 21-year-old kid and the way he handled the situation with lots of different uh, people and cultures, it, it was amazing uh, how how good he made people feel after, you know, signing their jersey or a card or getting a photo. He's very welcoming and understanding. And whether it was a, you know, 70-year-old woman or, you know, five-year-old boy or girl, he was tremendous with them. And all of our guys are like that. It was great feedback from everyone on the day on Sunday. It's just, um, you know, they're good people. And that's that's why they've been, you know, pretty successful the last couple of years Mm. because they work hard, they train hard, and they they play hard. And that's what it's about. Kevin, maybe... Maybe the bad bit for me is they were moved on from a venue or more. Um, that, yeah. That, you know, hopefully, can you go back and address those venues and maybe put a, have the yeah. boys put a bit of time into them? Yeah, well, it was only the one venue, I believe, Fields, um, and that's where actually the boys have gone back and are going to do some work around that and yes. making sure that everything's okay uh, at the venue because... Now, that's not what they're like either. I mean, they're very respectful. It's just that demon uh, alcohol. It's, it's got all of us at different times in our, in yes. our lives uh, where you do things that you, you shouldn't, you know, and certainly that's the case. And, with, you know, on Sunday night, there's a few things that happened that, that shouldn't have, um, certainly shouldn't have, and we're not happy about it and we're disappointed with what's happened, but we are trying to get on with it and understand that, you know, we'll get around Paddy and get around Reno and a few of the other boys and make sure they're right uh, to get on with the season. All right, now let's talk footy. You've got Selwyn Cobbo in the centres, I think. That's the one. I, I suppose that's been yeah. a, a pet project. Tell us how that's going. Yeah. Oh, it's good, yeah. He's Selwyn's um, certainly a, a footy player as such. He, he doesn't need to think a, a lot about what he's doing on the field. A lot of it just comes naturally for him. A lot of those Indigenous boys have natural instincts, you know, on the field, whether it's defending or getting the ball or being in the right position to accept the ball. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing... Uh, Selwyn play in the centres. Uh, he's played a lot at centre position as a kid and fullback. So he's played sort of all those positions and a lot of wing for us as well. Everyone knows that. So uh, very excited for for Selwyn to get the opportunity. You know, at left centre. I'm sure he'll be be great for us. You know, over the season, he's quite a talent. Hey, the other one, mate, which is a beautiful dilemma for coaches. Tristan Saylor, boy, he was good the other night. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah, in the trial against Winterman. And, and to be fair to Tristan, he was very good when he came in last year at different stages. So we're, we're trying to work, you know, our plan around bringing him into the 17, you know, at some stage. But uh, I feel it's best to, to... Our best team to start the season will be one pretty close to, to that finished off last year. I know we've got 
four players that have moved on, but we've also had some players, you know, playing those positions throughout the year. So if we can start the season really solid with a nice, you know, uh, solid lineup, and then gradually as the season goes on, we can introduce different traits and, and specialties that will yeah. improve us, I believe, as a footy team. Mm. How did the big fella go? The 205 centimetre Takura. <laughs> He's a mountain man, I can tell you. I mean, he's actually taller than Nelson, than Big Nelson uh, down at the Storm. Yeah. He weighs about uh, 120, he's, well, depending on what day it is, he can weigh 125 kilos one day and 130 the next. A bit like you and me, heels in our brain. <laughs> we just can't get the low ones. <laughs> Wait, what, what, uh, no, and... He's a big unit. He's a big unit. And very athletic as well. He gets yeah. around the field well at training. He's still, still growing and still maturing into his body. So he'll get an opportunity too on, you know, on Sunday night. Uh, we expect Benny to play to play some NRL this season. Uh, that, again, that that's in his court. The ball's in his court as to how he looks after himself and how he plays and how he trains. Now, I want to know about the family situation, given that you've got about 15 hookers in the side. Um, <laughs> does Billy still drop over with the grandkids, etc.? Oh, he's, he's even bringing meat over now. So that's all about Taking your washing away. A couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's great competition for spots. Uh, that's one position where we, well, I feel we've got good depth, you know, across the across the squad, but particularly in the nine jumper, we've got, you know, Billy uh, in front there at the moment, and he'll obviously start the season there. Uh, but there's plenty of competitions for spots from, from, you know, young Blake Moser. Corey Pakes has had a terrific pre-season, and Tyson Smoothie is always reliable and gets mm. the job done for us all the time. So it's a great position for me as coach uh, to be in, to have some, some good selection choices there. Kelly, just to wrap it up, residue of the grand final, you, you would have wrapped it up, put it to bed. Are these young kids that are, that are not scarred by by that and they're ready to go? No, they're not scarred by it at all. We've, we've reviewed the game uh, in January when the, all the boys came back uh, together. Uh, we've had a look at where we feel we can get better and a couple of those spaces were some unforced errors that happened to us you know, in the first half, which we kept defending, kept defending, uh, which took some energy away from us in that second, you know, in the last 20 minutes of, of the game. But also, uh, we stopped playing footy and we just tried to hang on to win, which, as you guys know, you've been around sport a long time, that's not the right way to win. You don't mm. often win when you're just trying to hang on and, you know, just try and get through the end of the game and win. That, that doesn't work, particularly uh, for us at the Broncos. We have so much skill in our group you know, to uh, defend well and also attack well. So we stopped attacking, really, and just tried to hang on. So good lessons. When we get back there next year, or this year now, it'll be, um, those lessons learned will be put us in a much better position, you know, come uh, that period, you know, in the game or, you know, in grand finals, bigger games. We've certainly got some good learnings from last year, that's for sure. Yeah, it's time to play. Yeah, good Kevin, luck, Kevi. Yeah, good luck, mate. We really love that's having it. you on the show. You're always generous with your time to us. And we appreciate it. Enjoy Sunday. It all starts up there at BB Star Prince Stadium. Sunday afternoon at three. Bronx V, the Cowboys. And then we roll on into Vegas. Kevin, well, Oh, yeah, here we go in Vegas, Kevin said. <laughs> Sorry, mate, didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, Kevin Walters with Patton Heels this morning. I-, I thought it was important to replay that in its entirety. I know that uh, different times of the day, different people are listening and just the way he was so open and honest and refreshing and, and answered the questions, a question put to him by one of you, 
call us. And that's the beauty of what we do here at SEN. You have questions. We will put them to those in the charge, the decision makers, the power brokers, about the alcohol uh, culture. Does it still exist? Well, Kevy just knocked that on the head. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. They're over the grand final. Uh, another team that made the grand final last year, quite obviously, the Brisbane Lions, uh, had the same result, although, and albeit just a little bit closer than what the Broncos got to Penrith. After 11, I'll play you some of Chris Fagan and what they have been working on in the offseason, but also how his team reacted and reviewed the grand final. We haven't heard much from Fag since grand final day. This, again, is an eye-opener, an ear-opener to what the Lions are doing in their tilt for that elusive premiership. Uh, 13-13-55-0467-736-736. They're the digits you need to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. We'll get to your texts, your calls straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. But I'm in your love affair of sport start 13 13 55 0467 736 736 that's my take on valentine's day do you need a day to tell your significant other that you love them well it should be every day right ah but this is where we're going the love of sport where did it start for you we'll hit the open line in fact actually let's do that now hey murray good morning to you i know you're ringing up about money matters which we'll get into but your love affair of sport where did it start do you remember the moment do you remember the time do you remember the player uh it's hard. Well, I'm an East man, okay? And so it probably started with Russell Fairfax. Ah, Rusty, yeah. And, and it's, it sounds silly for an old man like me, but every time I see the, the traditional rooster jersey, I, you know, it still you know, gives a little bit of a tingle there, mate. Me think it amazing. Hayton Murray, Murray, I, I, I'm with you on that. My... The bloke who lived across the road from me that I grew up with, he was my uh, de facto older brother, if you like. He had one of those tricolour jerseys. I had no idea about the Roosters, and we're talking the 80s here, but they were my team until the Broncos came along just because of that jersey that he always used to wear. So I, I get it. I totally get it. That moment. And big rusty with those flying and flowing locks. Uh, now, the reason you phoned up, though, m- money matters, does it? What, why does money matter when we, when we talk about athletes' behaviour? Yeah, it's, it's just the thought of mine and, and sort of trying to justify it, Betty. I, you know what I think? I think the, the, the money someone's paid, it, it equates to their profile, their status and their influence in the game. And so it's sort of a natural flow-on in regard to their uh, the scrutiny they'll be under. I know you could sort of say, hey, that shouldn't happen, but it, I think it just happens. Murray, I get where you're coming from, and there is probably some merit in that, but I'm going to just play devil's advocate here. I reckon there's some players with a higher profile that people know. Okay, let's let's say Josh Brown, for example. Brisbane Heat, everyone knows who Josh Brown is. Now, is he on the million bucks a year? Is he on half a million a year? In fact, if he's on six figures, uh, and I might be wrong on this, but if he's on six figures, I reckon he'd be 
you'd be lucky. So as far as profile comes now, especially with social media presence, you don't necessarily need to be on the, the big bucks. But I get where you're coming from. Maybe Murray's got a point. 13 13 55 0467 736 The reason I'm asking this question, it always seems to be a default, a fallback in an argument when an athlete plays up. Oh, but they're on so much money, they need to know better and do better. Well, hang on. They just need to do better. Who cares about how much they're getting paid? That's irrelevant, right? Yet it keeps coming back into the argument. Murray, does he have a point? Tall poppy syndrome. It's something that has been mentioned throughout the discourse of this morning. We're going to tap into this a little bit deeper straight after the news with Vanessa. We'll also hear from one of the major backers of supercars. Well, he was, in fact, he was part of a championship winning team. Major sponsor, Boost Mobile, Peter Adderton. Geez, he's got a bit to say about Brody Kostecki. We'll hear from him straight after this. But now, Sam, it's time to cue Bon Jovi. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Forty-five. Thanks for your company this Wednesday morning. Well, why does money matter when judging an athlete's behaviour? It's it's a default. It's something that you fall back on. Why? It's irrelevant, isn't it? Uh, why don't we talk about their other achievements, maybe on field or off? Um, Pat Carrigan. Uh, I, I know he was obviously front and centre with Adam Reynolds uh, Sunday night and yesterday fronting the media. Uh, Pat Carrigan, for the record, was a finalist in the Ken Stevens Medal for the NRL last year. What's the Ken Stevens Medal? Well, service to the community. Uh, he became a finalist or a nominee for this, uh, for attending all league uh, abilities or all abilities games, uh, Royal Flying Doctors charity dinners. Uh, he does a lot of work with Orange Sky Laundry. He's an ambassador for them, raising funds and awareness uh, for those who work with homeless and the homeless people in communities all around this country. Um, he looks at other opportunities as well. See, that's the stuff that doesn't get mentioned. But what we do mention is their pay packets. Why? 13 13 55 We've been getting your opinion on this throughout the morning, which is fantastic stuff. But I, I thought I'd bring in someone who, who may have a well an insight into this. He, he's he's worked in on both sides of the tent. He's worked with professional sporting teams. Uh, he's worked on the sponsorship side. He's uh, well, he's an author, and he also works with professional athletes as far as empowering them and and mentoring them and and, and making sure that they do the right things in society. Uh, one of his most famous books is Bubble Boys. He's a Brisbane boy, uh, author, and all-round good bloke. Michael Blucher, very good morning to you, mate. How are things? Hi, Benji. How are we going? Mate, good, good, good. What, 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 do you make of, what do you make of Sunday night and the, the Broncos scuffle? And then... Piss Idiot Gate? Should we call it Piss Idiot Gate? Piss Idiot Gate. Well, we had Sandshrew Gate a couple of years ago, didn't we, with uh, Payne Harson <laughs> and Albert Kelly. That's right, storm yeah. and teacup, but again, alcohol yeah. involved, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with the premise, shall we, that nothing in sport is ever as good or as bad as the media makes it out to be. 
So let, let's use that as the you know the, the grounding premise. So I'd I'd put it to you that most of the people that just think that this incident, this uh, this behaviour, this egregious behaviour is egregious because the member members of the media are calling it as such. So it, it's that time of year, isn't it? That the the sports administrators of, of the football codes absolutely hate the bulk of the cricket's gone and we're just waiting for the footy to start and we've got this we've got this kind of void that needs filling and we fill it with with anything that we possibly can and when something as juicy and as um, as antisocial supposedly antisocial as this comes along it's absolutely front page news and you know I remember talking to David Gallup years ago, and he used to absolutely hate this time of year. He used to hate waking up in the morning and turning his phone on and just hearing the bing, bing, bing of messages of, oh, my God, what has happened? So this is probably one of those ones that is dealt in-house with the Broncos yesterday, uh, Pat Carrigan and, um, and Josh Reynolds fronting the media and, uh, and having to explain their behaviour. Uh, did they get it wrong? Did Pat Carrigan in particular, as you mentioned, very well-rounded individual, physiotherapy student. Um, he, um, yeah, he has got it wrong, but by crikey, be, um, let's at some level can we show these guys some, some level of compassion? Michael, yesterday spent the best part of three hours. The majority of the show was, was taken up with this because everyone had an opinion on it, and it was polarising. It was half a saying, storm in a teacup, teacup, move on, nothing to see here. Others saying, yeah, they, they need some sort of suspension. They need some sort of punishment. But the, the, the big thing that stood out for me, and it wasn't just this incident. It, it always seems to be the fallback. Why do we bring players' salaries into this? Why do we bring pay packets into it? When, when we're arguing about, well, they're on so much money, they're, yeah, well, hang on. That's that's irrelevant, right? Should it be, or or, or as actually does that make part of the argument? Well, I, I think it's just the the standards that we we bestow on other people that we don't bestow on ourselves. And Wayne Bennett was always a huge proponent of this this um, the expectation that we just demand on on young blokes, twenty five year old blokes who are who are. Overrepresented in in every in all the different social ills, whether it's drink driving, sort of violence, domestic violence, that that's the that is the age bracket, the gender bracket, that get into trouble in this sort of space. And if we're going to think that they're going to be devils on the football field Saturday and Sunday, and angels Monday to Friday, we are absolutely kidding ourselves. So, in relation to your your point about money, Ben, I, I just think it. That that's the one that everyone can relate to because everyone has a salary, and a lot of the time it, it comes from a place of envy or jealousy about how much these guys earn. Um, you know, Pat Carrigan works walks into a pub, and uh, the league fans um, half of them want to be him, and, and half of them want to fight him because you know, he's got what they ultimately, at some level, would like. Human nature. We, we've had callers talk about the tall poppy yeah. syndrome, and I guess that comes into it. But I don't want to paraphrase Bubble Boys, but one of the main premises out of it, and Ben Cousins was quoted, uh, or not quoted, but Ben Cousins, uh, the aura around him, the way he was treated at school, the way he was afforded, well, afforded other things that those weren't. It was almost like he was outside the rules, and that shaped, yeah, that I, shaped him. So that, should, should there be a punishment coming down on... On, on no, behaviour like of this? Course one, of, one of the most bizarre things I've heard in this incident the last couple of days is that aren't the integrity unit 
couple, aren't they sending a couple of goons up from Sydney to talk to Pat Carrigan and Josh Reynolds and investigate the matter? Two guys, young blokes on the drink, um, having too much to drink, not going home early enough. That, that's all we need to know about this. Save your money, folks. Let, there's nothing to see outside of that. Um, yeah, I think more broadly, if you look at, if, if you look, we've spoken a lot about Pat Carrigan, we haven't spoken much about Reynolds. And from my understanding of the incident, I think um, Adam Reynolds was really just uh, trying to play the intermediary, wasn't he? And yeah, a couple of alpha cool. males. Yeah, who, yeah and, and let's say, and we could focus on that. And, and nobody more than Adam Reynolds has helped write what was a few years ago, not that long ago, a, a sinking ship. Broncos were an absolute rabble. And it was Ben Eichen who agitated to get Reynolds in because he was a calm head. He was an, the consummate professional. And, and he's at a different stage of life to mm. young blokes in the team. He's married with, with four kids and, and in the twilight years of his career. But you know, he, is, he is the one who set the standards. He's the one who works hard. He's the calm head. He's the an absolute asset to the club. And, and I, at some level, you feel sorry for him because he's been dragged into this um, when perhaps, you know, he, he shouldn't have shared the focus that he has. But, yeah, it's a it's a situation where we're, this is going to be one of probably how many? 15, 20, 30 throughout the season of just antisocial incidents, um, cameras everywhere, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And, um, and young blokes because they're young blokes are going to get it wrong. Bleach, I always uh, always appreciate your expertise. Michael Blucher, author of Bubble Boys, 10.53. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Lovers in the air, everywhere I look around. Love is in the air, every sight and every sound. Forgot to ask Michael Blucher about his love affair with sport and where did it all start? That's the big question today, this Valentine's Day. Your love of sport, where did it start? What was the moment? Who was the player? When was it? What events? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Interesting chat, wasn't it, from Bleach? I'll get to your calls too. We're running hard up against the news. 11 o'clock here at SEM, we'll get to calls. Uh, love affairs with sport. And from inside the Lions Den, Chris Fagan dissects their grand final review. Interesting stuff indeed. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Valentine's Day, the way we're celebrating it here is your love affair of sport. Where did it begin? What was the time, the moment that 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 caught you up in a sporting, well, the love of sport? Why you've landed here on SEN? Why this is tuned into your dial now? What? Why you have supported a team? You support a player? Maybe support a club? 
Was it something handed down to you from generations because your dad and your granddad did or parents, whatever it may be? Or was it a jersey that you were given for a birthday or handed down? Maybe it was when you picked up a cricket bat for the first time. Maybe he was watching, as a lot of callers have said this morning, Greg Chappell blaze away in his maiden century. 13, 13, 0467 uh, Mac, as we're doing it then for today, proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Uh, shortly, I'll take you inside the Lions Den. Chris Fagan opened up on their grand final review and how players took it and what they will be doing differently this year to make sure the result won't be the same if they get to that last Saturday in September. Uh, let's hit the open line straight away, though. Uh, Kazi, good morning to you. A love affair of sport. Where did it start? Oh, how you going? Good morning. Very well, very well. Love, sport. Couple, when did couple, it come right? in here? Yeah. So first of all, 1972, all right, I watched Wales versus All Blacks live. For the first time, the first time ever it's got been live in New Zealand since 1972. Right. How, how old were you, can I ask us? I was nine. Yeah. Eight, actually. Yeah, yeah that seems yeah, that eight, seems to be the sweet spot, I reckon, that age. Nine, yeah, eight, nine. nine, yeah, really, really formative yeah. and just you can grasp it, can't you? Yeah, then a couple of years later, 1974 Com Games in Christchurch, right? Yeah. I watched the greatest... And I think I go to YouTube about three times a year just to watch it again. I'll watch the best ever 1500 metres race in the history of big events because it was one and three minutes, or even over time, three minutes 52.2. Silver Bay from Tanzania had like a 125 metre lead on everyone. It was a pack of four chasing them, like John Walker was chasing them. And they hit the line, and John uh, Bay got first, Tanzania. Walker got second. Ben Tipko, the 3,000 metre stable chaser, got third. Um, Rod Dixon got fourth. New Zealand Grand Crouch and Australia got fifth. And that was 3 minutes 32. The world record now is only about 326. That was 1974. Hasn't changed much. It, mate, I love the fact that that is stuck in your mind and it's been pride in place. And, and it's, I guess that's that national pride, isn't it, where everyone bands together tribalism on a national level. It could be a state level. It could be a suburban level. But on a national level, it doesn't get much more powerful than that. Cuzzy, good on you. 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Uh, let's head to Bracken Ridge. Is it Sid? Sid, good morning. Yeah, Sil here. Oh, Sil. Sorry, Sil. Pre- uh, apologies for that. That's all right. So you're talking about uh, money or no money in rugby league and should it be relevant? Yeah, well, when it comes to an argument on behaviour, well, why is money in the pay packets already always thrown in there? Well, I think it's pretty simple. You get a contract, and in that contract, it covers your behaviour and how you should act in public for that sort of money. And quite honestly, I've been running my own sports club for 33 years in boxing, yeah. and if any of my boys behaved like that, they'd find a new place to, to go and train. I don't find it excusable. We've all had hard lives. But when we sign that contract, it is to be role models and to, to play our football and to behave while we're out. And if we can't do that, then there should be a financial penalty. Hey, so I, I'm with you 100%. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're on a million dollars a year or $50,000 a year or, or whatever your contract states. 
does it matter about the size of the pay packet? Or, or, or from what I'm hearing from you, is that that behaviour should be standard across the board, regardless of how much you get paid? Absolutely. Uh, in any sport, if you're out there in front of the public and we've got our young people watching this, and if they find that exciting and happy when they see people falling around on the grass and carrying on like fools, they find that that's acceptable and that's the norm for footballers, and it is not. No. And that's the thing. You don't want it to be the norm in society. Yeah, it happens. It's a snapshot. But, I mean, is it something that it's... And it's not excusable for us to say, yeah. oh, it's just young fellas and the boys night out. No. Nah, not on that sort of dollars, eh? No, exactly. Well, see, there you go. But, see, not on that sort of dollars. See, well, I'm going to ask you again, sir. Why, why does it matter how much they get paid? What, 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 what if, what if you're what getting if, paid as a professional to go out in front of the public yeah. and perform. So those who get paid to play at a lower level, like even under Q Cup in in um, in the in the second tier leagues, I mean they they do get paid to that. I'm I'm talking rugby league here. I mean you can go into Quaffle and and whatever else as far as whatever sport and code, like you still get paid some sort of money. You're not professional. You're semi professional. Those same standards apply to you, right? It doesn't matter if you're on a million dollars a year or uh, match payments, hundred bucks a game. Yeah, and a lot of these guys change clubs because they're going to be let go because of their actions in the first place. Surely mm. they should have learned from that. Yeah, they should. Hey, Sal, where did your love of sport start, mate? You said you, you boxing was that is that that that's what you've been and and are running. Yeah, I played them both. Yeah. Um, just I came out of um, institutions as a young boy mm-hmm. for things that I never done myself, and um, I was a bit of a wimp. And I was taken down to the nearest boxing club and said, you know, toughen this boy up. And I've loved my rugby league and my boxing ever since. Because they taught me self-discipline and they showed me how to live. There we go. Right there. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for wearing the heart on the sleeve. Outstanding stuff. See, sport, it brings a society together. It unites us. And it doesn't matter what you do, what path in life that you choose. Sport is the great uniter of society. But somewhere it started, for all of us. What was it? What sparked your love affair of sport? 13, 13, 55, I'll get back to your text too on the most underrated players. Uh, we're compiling our top five list today on that. And it's on the back of Tristan Salas. Truth, if he's playing for pretty much any other NRL club, he's a walk-up starter, isn't he? In, in, the, in at least the 17, maybe even the 13. But there's seen so many athletes over time just like him. On our list so far, we've got Stuart Law, we've got Glenn Houseman, uh, Andy Bickle. Uh, let me see who else. I can't even read my own writing here. Oh, Matt Bellin, Michael Nisa. Keep them coming through. They're our top five, 13, 13, 55, 736, 736. You've already heard this morning from Kevy Walters, uh, Brisbane coach involved in a grand final. The result didn't go their way. Uh, Patton Heels asked Kevy uh, about the, well, the residue, the hangover from that grand final loss. Not sweet. We're all good. We're fit and firing. We're coming back stronger. What about the Lions? They were less than a kick away from winning the premiership. How did they review the season? Chris Fagan, he spoke to our colleagues, Tim Watson, Gary Lyon, yesterday down in Melbourne. Well, we've played finals the last five years and we, we, we're less than a goal away to play five prelims in a row. Mm. Um, so we've been knocking at the door. And when we first started playing in finals, we were a very young team. Now I feel like we've gathered a whole lot of 
experiences that will stand us in good stead for the future. And for, unfortunately, our list isn't that old, and the majority of our players are about to come into the peak of their careers, I believe. So, um, and in going by their attitude that they've returned, you know, I, I think that will make us hungrier than ever. And, and we believe that, you know, if we play well enough, we're good enough to do it. Um, it's easy to say it's harder to do and you need a little bit of luck with injury and you don't know how much some of the other teams are going to improve. But um, our group now have played in the grand final. I, I said to them after the grand final, look, before today we had three blokes that have played in the grand final. Now I've got 23 yeah. and you'll all be better for the experience. And, um, you know, we milked that for all it was worth in the two or three days post the grand final just to, you know, remember the lessons, lock them away in the vault. Hopefully we get back and get another chance. But... Um, that grand final came down to moments, really. Mm. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to the players about the idea. I, I said to them, you know, is there a moment that you'd like back? And I went around the room. And uh, we and I talked to them, too, about the idea that, you know, there's there'll be no reprisals here. You, you, you're humans. You'll make mistakes. And there'll be things that you regret. But it's important to talk about them here today before you go and leave so you don't carry them around for mm. the next six mm. months. Get them off your chest. And um, I was bit curious to know how they'd be with their honesty because we'd gone through the tape and we knew all the moments. Mm. They didn't miss one. Right. They were so honest. Um, and, and some of them had to make themselves pretty vulnerable, to be honest. Um, yeah. uh, but it was great. And in the end, I said, well, everything you just said, here it is. <laughs> we watched on the video and, and that's it. It wasn't an obvious move to make. You know, if you if you get down by three or four goals, you, you start to think, what can I do? What can I do? But it was like this arm wrestle and it was like who was going to blink first? Um there wasn't really a whole lot, and I don't. I think Collingwood was, were the same. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't do too much uh, on the day. Um, so we've worked um, pretty hard on our reaction time and talked about that, watched that, trained it. Um, what does that mean, reaction time? Is that moving from well, offense to defense to, and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, that and the ability to read the play and to go quick. I right. think Collingwood was slightly better in that in that area. Um, there's natural improvement that you get from, from players having had played in a grand final a year older, had some more experiences. Um, we've trained differently. Um, probably in previous years, we would have started playing 18 v 18 first week back in January. We didn't play our, we didn't have our first hit out of 18 v 18 until last Friday night. So we've played a lot more small sided games that are, probably harder than the game, that are at higher intensity, um, quite deliberately. Um, hoping to get what out of that? Well, train that reaction time. Yeah, you know, you, right. you've, got to, you've got to think more mm. more decisions to make more quickly. Um, and also figured that, you know, we've had five years where we've gone pretty deep into finals and right. the players probably don't want to play games yeah. at training as much. Um, they're a bit older now. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've gone down that pathway. And the, ple the pleasing part about it was, chatting with Jared Lyons and Dane Zorko, and we played 425s the other night. So we went from not playing any 18v18 to 425s off the bat, and they all said how fit they felt and good right. they felt. So I'm sort of I'm happy we've gone down that pathway. I think we needed to just to change it up a bit. We learn a bit from what they did. I mean, I think on the day, and this is no, um, this is not really having a go at our wingmen, but I thought on the wings they, they got a good result. Mm -hmm. They had, they had uh, side-bottom, crisp... And Josh Dacos there, and I thought they were all pretty right. influential in the game, and we didn't get enough out of our wingers. So, uh, you know, we've looked at a little bit of that over the summer, how we can how we can get some different players through the wings, and 
cause a bit of disruption to the opposition, you know, so. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Chris Fagan, disruption on the wings, chaos. That's what the Lions are looking for and what they've been working on in the off-season. But, geez, that was open and honest, too, about that review. Um, you know, he spoke about the, the, the day after the grand final or the Monday they come back and they were fated by fans at uh, uh, at Springfield. And then it was the players having their, well, not mad Monday, but Tuesday, whatever word that we use for that, <laughs> tearful Tuesday maybe. And then Wednesday, it was their final day, so they had a chance to review and they were open and honest and they all picked out those moments. So... For me, that augurs well. They're in a good headspace. The Brisbane Lions, Chris Fagan, open and exactly what you want to hear from the Lions, Danny, isn't it? If you're a Lions fan. 13 13 We'll get back to your texts, your calls as well. Uh, money matters, does it? Really? When it comes to players' behaviour and the love of sport. Where did it start for you? What was the moment, the experience? Maybe it was watching a player. Who was it that just got you gripped in this great world in which we live? 17 minutes past 11, Wednesday morning, 30 degrees here on SENQ, home of sport in Queensland at 6.93am, 16.20 on the Gold Coast. But the best place to listen to us is on the app. Download it now. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ah, Slam and Sam doing his best air karaoke as well. He is really getting into this today. Yeah, love is in the air. Love is the theme. It's Valentine's Day, but it's the love of sport that I want to know about. Where, where did it start for you? 13 13 55 Johnny, thank you for your text. He said, for me, cricket, DK Lily, league, Wally, and golf, the shark. Watching them all. I was hooked. Good on you, mate. Appreciate the text. Keep them coming through. Um, looks like Sam's got his family texting in too. Sam, you're a guru. I love how apt your music play-ins and voice bites are. Me think it amazing. No, no. <laughs> Sam, you've got to his family texting. Oh, no, that's from Murray, the Black Button Ambassador. I didn't know he was related. What about that? Uh, 13 13 55 736 We'll get an update on what's happening with the Greyhounds in just a tick, but let's head out to Callumbale. Mike, good morning to you. Where did your love affair with sports start? Uh, probably my older brother um, sneaking me past the, where I should have been at school and taking me to the Sheffield Shield. Oh, nice. Do you, do you remember the match? Do you remember who was playing? Uh... <laughs> Not particularly, no. Uh, it was in the early to mid seventies. Sandy Morgan, playing for Queensland. Yeah. Ross Duncan. Nice. Yeah. Seventies, nice one. There you go. And we're hooked after that. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, what else is on your mind? Because um, you, you didn't call yeah. in about the love yeah. affair of sport, but that's what I'm asking everyone this no. morning. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm on a bit of a timeline, so um, I was just thinking, um, you know the media conferences that Reynolds and Carrigan did, oh, they mean nothing 
and I, I think the target audience um, is is the younger fans. Um, and I think, you know, I can't put into words, but does there need to be some just fireside chat with Dobbo or somebody or yourself interviewing them and directing their comments at, at, at kids um, in schools um, and trying to restore it? And I think the impact on the two boys will be longer lasting if they know that they're directing it at kids. And look, deep down, the kids know these two guys are good blokes. They'd probably see them at school, that fan sign day. So I I think I'd just like to see that sort of balance put into the solution. Um, School, yeah. You know what, I reckon you, you reckon you may have touched across the two points that we're talking about today. When it comes to love affair, I mean, the amount of times that we hear about uh, teams or athletes going to visit schools, uh, visiting towns. We know the State of Origin team under Mel Meninga started this, getting getting into the Queensland regions uh, and and visiting uh, centres that, that normally don't get to see the, the biggest stars. Uh, cricketers do it a lot. The Bulls Masters do it. Um, Queensland uh, Bulls and Fire, they, they play and the Heat. They go to Mackay, they go to Cairns, Townsville. They, 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 they touch the regions. And, and as kids, you, you're right. You do remember that. You do remember when you see your sporting heroes. And even if they're not, athletes in the flesh, they can have a real impact on you. Actually, you know, you've just triggered a memory in me, Mike. I remember there's a kid going to school in Corinda. The Oxley Police Academy wasn't too far away. Souths was at Acacia Ridge. Mal Meninga, part of the constabulary, uh, he came to our school. Now, I didn't know who Mal Meninga was at the time, but he was playing for Souths. Wayne Bennett was his coach. And and I do remember going to Lang Park that year, watching Souths in a grand final. What was that, 1984? Winnem Souths, Mal V. Wally. It, it, was, it was epic. And Gary Belcher, Peter Jackson. Um, you, you remember that. And it does have an impact on on you so yeah as a kid maybe getting into the schools but you know media social media so many platforms but it's that human engagement mike i reckon you may have touched on something there good on you one uh 13 13 55 oh four six seven seven three six seven three six um we are doing it today all thanks to Maccas. they are proud sponsors of a little legend supporting grassroots sport here in queensland look do you reckon if you know more than your mates about footy well if you do Here's your chance to put your talent to good use by applying our NRL tipping in 2024. That's right, SEN's NRL tipping 2024. Your chance to share in over $21,000. No, actually, let me read that properly. $12,000 worth of prizes. I'm just getting my numbers mixed up there. Twelve grand in cash and prizes, including the ultimate NRL grand final experience powered by Ream. Before I get myself into trouble, again, the T's and C's, $12,000 in cash and prizes, a grand final experience. You can even start your own private league, play against your mates, sign up, nrltipping.sen.com.au. Get tipping today, all thanks to our great mates at Ream. All right, I promise this before 11 o'clock, let's touch base with what's happening uh, down at Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. Thanks to our amazing partners there. Luke Gatehouse is on the line. Uh, Luke, very good morning to you. As I'm asking everyone this morning, your love affair with sport, where did it start for you? Good morning, Benny. I think uh, back when I was about seven years old, I got my first treble uh, and have been in racing ever since. So that was my love affair with sport and I've been going to 
to footy since I can can I remember. So yeah, footy footy and racing, that's my love affair with sport. Beautiful. And it started I mean, I reckon there's a sweet spot here. I'm getting a lot of feedback on the seven, eight, and nine year olds. That that's when it starts to click. We may have played sport as, you know, younger kids, but that was fun. That was just, you know, burning energy away during weekdays and on weekends. But when it started to click, I reckon it was around uh, those formative years. Good on you, mate. Hey, now, listen, what, what's happening in the world of greyhounds? Because what, with the summer carnival, well, that's done and dusted. Winter, uh, it's still some time away. What's what's cooking in the meantime? Well, we've got uh, this weekend, we've got our monthly Homewood Hounds Greyhound Adoption Morning here at Albion Park. And it's uh, from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You can come along and meet some greyhounds. They'll be here on site. And if you actually fall in love with one and it's pretty hard not to fall in love with them so that comes with a pre-warning once you meet them uh, you really want to take them home uh, we do have some same day adoptions and otherwise you can talk to the gap staff they'll be able to give you a bit of information about the dog you can get up close and personal with them they'd love a cuddle and you can talk about adopting them fostering them and uh, getting a greyhound into your life it will be a life-changing experience for you uh, outstanding stuff. So that's this Saturday, uh, Albion Park, uh, between 10 and 1. Get down there with the kids and the family. Uh, can't let you go without asking, have you got any tips for today? Yeah, we've got 12 races uh, commencing in about three hours' time. We've got one. We only need one. Race <laughs> six, dog three, double up bill. It's about $2.30 and we should be able to get the chocolates there. Race six, dog three, double up bill at about $2.30. Outstanding stuff. Luke, appreciate it, mate. Uh, Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. Visit brisgrays.com for all your function and event information. Look, chances are you are about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. 11.31, time for a news hit. Matty, thank you for your text. My love affair for sport. 2005, when Australia, the Socceroos, qualified for the first World Cup in my lifetime. John Aloisi, bring it on. So there we go. Gripping a nation. Yeah, it was. Socceroos fever gripped a nation. I know that sounds cliche, but that's kind of the point, right? The tribalism, the underdog, David and Goliath, it's all part of the theatre of sport. Where did your love affair start? On this Valentine's Day, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We have another contender for our top five list of most underrated players. Players who, well, just kept getting knocked back because there were others better than them in their way. But this one's coming in from Adam. Adam from Morningside, happy 24 to you. He said, look, I think Sean Berrigan is one of the most underrated in NRL history. I know he wanted Clive Churchill, but he never gets spoken about these days about how good he was. Adam, I'm with you. Barrow. Barrow pretty much won that grand final for Brisbane in 2006. <gasps> but it's true. He was switched. I mean, he was the hooker, the utility, but he was switched to the centres basically to mark and shut down Greg Inglis. And he did that. So much so, he was recognised with... Clive Churchill for best on ground in a grand final. Sean Berrigan. There we go. He goes on the list as well. 
Our top five, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. Uh, Will Brown, not too far away. The tear away from Toowoomba. Supercars, the season starts next Friday at Mount Panorama. Want to pick his brains because he jumps into, well, one of the most hotly contested seats, probably the most scrutinised seat in Australian motorsport, and that is of SVG at the superpowers of supercars, Triple Eight Racing. He was also Brody Kostecki's teammate last year. Uh, I know it's, well, the drivers are supporting the drivers. Great to get his take on that. But, I mean, no Brody Kostecki, no SVG. Well, what does that mean for supercars this year? Does that leave it open, as in an open field, an open series? Uh, Will Brown, not too far away. Before we do that, though, let's do this. There's a bear in there. Chair as well. There are people with games yeah. and stories to tell. I, uh, I thought we were going we to change that. I thought we were going to work on that. Workshop. I mean, I know I was away for about a, what, a week and a half being crippled. I thought we were going to. What have we learned today? Well, exactly. We've learned a lot over the last three or so hours. Sam, pick yourself up. All right, we're working on this. Yes, what have you learned today? Look, if you're just joining us for the first time, we've had plenty of conversations around the Broncos and their trial match. That's right, the trial match, their only trial match, NRL level, that is. And it's this Sunday against the Cowboys in Mackay. They've named a near full-strength team. And outside of Tony Staggs and Jesse Arthurs, who are playing All-Stars this Friday, this is the team you would expect to be lining up for the Broncos come round one against the Roosters in Vegas. Selwyn Cobbo, one of the standouts there because he's making that switch from wing to centre. Vital. Changing the way that the Broncos play now that Herbie Farmworth is gone. I I picked the brains of Darius Boyd on the coaching staff of the Broncos, a man who knows about playing in the back and making that switch from wing to full back into the centres. He's done it all before. What's the biggest thing they've had to work on with Selwyn Selwyn Cobbo? Yeah, well, Selwyn's, um, you know, he's a special talent. He's um, got all the attributes. He's got a lot of game awareness, which probably doesn't get spoken about a whole lot. We see, you know, his strength and his, um, you know, his speed and his athleticism. But, you know, rugby league is a lot about smarts and the game awareness. And he just gets rugby league. He's just someone that, um, well, he has only been training in the centres in the NRL system for the last couple of months. Um, even after a week or two, you could just see he just understood the game. He understood his positioning. You know, defensively, he's in good positions. Um, he knows where to put his body. Um, he's communicating well with you know Ezra and Corey and his inside and outside. So it's really exciting. Looking forward to seeing Selwyn play. Um, we know he's an athlete. We know he's played at the highest level already at such a young age. Uh, but this is just another opportunity for him to showcase his skills in another position. And I think he's going to make a really good, strong, quality centre and play rep footy in that position. Here we go. Former Broncos captain now on their coaching staff, Darius Boyd, just tapping into the changes that they've been making in the off-season. Selwyn Cobbo, probably the biggest, coming from the wing into the centres. What else have we learned today? And actually, I'm getting a few texts through saying, stop picking on Sam with play school. Really? Okay. Maybe if you give it another try, we'll reel it out next week as well. Uh, But the other big talking point, on the back of boys behaving badly, Broncos, brouhaha, yeah, the one thing that always really grinds my gears is when any behavioural issues come up with athletes, not not just the Broncos and Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds, but it's always the default we fall back to their pay packet. Why? How much they get paid is irrelevant to their behaviour. 
in my books. Maybe I was getting it wrong, but why why is the argument, or why is it always brought into the argument? They should be behaving better because they're on X amount of dollars. So what? If they're on five bucks or 500,000 or five million, behavior's behavior. Should be the same right across the board, right? So, so why is it a default for us as humans? Uh, last hour, I picked the brain of Michael Blucher, a man who's been swimming in this pool about player and athlete behavior. He's worked with uh, many from the Australian cricket team to the elite athletes in rugby and rugby league, uh, spent so much time, uh, AFL as well, spent so much time uh, with athletes from a professional point of view. And, and he gave us this insight. I, I think it's just the, the standards that we we bestow on other people that we don't bestow on ourselves. And Wayne Bennett was always a huge proponent of this, this um, the expectation that we just demand on on young blokes, 25 year old blokes who are who are overrepresented in in every in all the different social ills, whether it's drink driving, sort of violence, domestic violence. That, that's the that is the age bracket, the gender bracket that get into trouble in this sort of space. And if we're going to think that they're going to be Devils on the football field Saturday and Sunday and Angels Monday to Friday, we are absolutely kidding ourselves. So in relation to your, your point about money, Ben, I just think it's that that's the one that everyone can relate to because everyone has a salary and a lot of the time it, it comes from a place of envy or jealousy about how much these guys earn. Um, you know, Pat Carrigan works, walks into a pub and uh, the league fans, um, half of them want to be him and, and half of them want to fight him because you know, he's got what they ultimately at some level would like. Yeah, Michael Blucher, Brisbane-based author, Bubble Boys is his book. Look out for it. It's 11.41 here on SENQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. We had the cameras in the studio turned around to slam and Sam. I've never seen a man more passionate and just pumping when he comes with these love songs. Dear OD, yeah, Valentine's Day, your love of sport. Where did it begin? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. It's actually going to be my first question to my next guest. He is in, well, I think, one of the most scrutinised seats in Australian motorsport. He takes over from SVG at the superpower of supercars, Triple Eight Racing, the tear away from Toowoomba. Will Brown, a very good morning to you, mate. Your love of sport, where did it start for you? What was your, well, the moment that kick-started your love for, well, this great industry which we call sport? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me, Ben. Um, yeah, I, I think I actually started off probably my love of sport actually playing rugby and the competitive side, being part of a team up here in Toowoomba. And then, um, you know, it sort of transitioned over when I started go-karting to, uh, you know, racing with my family and competing in, in the motorsport industry. But, um, yeah, the sporting industry is a, a great place to be in. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. It teaches a few life lessons, doesn't it? It teaches how to handle defeat, but also to win humbly and team environments. It, it, it's it's such a great grounding uh, or a great uh, breeding ground for for life lessons, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Um, it, it shows how you act under stress and pressure as well, and that generally shows people's true colours. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's a great way to sort of learn a lot about yourself and about the people around you and your team. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's just uh, awesome working in a team every week. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to be now working in Triple Eight, which have a have a great atmosphere and environment. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an awesome year. Yeah, outstanding. You're in the Banyo Bunker now, which is great to see Bathurst uh, kicks off the Bathurst 500 in uh, well, a Friday week. Mate, just, just on that teamwork and the transition, how has the move been uh, over the, the summer, finding your feet, getting, a, getting behind a new set of wheels and having a new engineer in your ears? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, I kicked off with them in January this year and um, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve because there's a fair few differences between the team I was at to Triple Eight and, and how many personnel are there. So it was getting used to how I operate and how my engineers, you know, make sure we're speaking the same lingo and everything like that. So it's probably similar to last year, but also a learning curve, just getting used to all the new people. You know, for myself, I've only really been with Erebus Motorsport um, since I started my career. So it is a bit of a learning curve there. How have they made you feel welcome, mate, at Triple Eight? I, I I love their social media presence. Everyone's got an alter ego and a nickname. Have they have they dubbed you anything yet? Have they have you got one? Uh, not just yet. I'm sure they'll work something out for me. It's pretty early days, so uh, I'm sure I'll make a fool of myself with these things, and they'll get a <laughs> you know um, nickname for me. But um, yeah, so far they've welcomed me really well to the team, and um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. I can already tell it'll be a good couple of years, that's for sure, and hopefully it uh, leads into a, a long future with them. Nice. Come on, t- tell me they've come up with something something better than Brownie. I mean, surely that's not the nickname, is it, Will? <laughs> yeah. Or is there something else yeah, that we need to know? I think they'll come up with something better than that. <laughs> yeah, good one. Hey, you mentioned about handling pressure and, and how I started this. I mean, there is a fair bit of pressure coming into, well, into this team because they are one of the uh, the benchmarks, one of the, the pace setters. And SVG, it's the seat you, you take over from. He, he's one of the best we've seen in, in modern times. But he's not there. Brody Kostecki, the defending champ, not there. This is, to me... This supercars season is open and ripe for the taking. Oh, 100%. It's, uh, it's anyone's, you know, championship to take right now. And um, with the Gen 3 cars, it's made the cl- uh, racing closer than ever. So last year, uh, my ex-teammate Brody Kostecki did an awesome job. To not have him on the grid is really disappointing. You always want to beat the best. Um, but yeah, you know, this year we've got an awesome opportunity to try and win the championship. Even last year, I was I was leading the championship at the halfway point and we won a lot of races last year. So I haven't really added any extra pressure on myself jumping across to this team. I think they've given me the tools around me I need and the personnel to uh, to win. So um, yeah, I, I think it'll just be more just uh, getting that consistency that I, that I probably lacked a little bit last year and um, taking it hopefully to, to the top of the championship. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a weird it's a weird space to be in in sport because normally there is a defending champ, there's a title holder, there's the there's the <laughs> one to beat. Who is that now in in your eyes? Who who are the who's the one you have to hunt down, or would you prefer to be the hunted? I think you know you always prefer to be the hunted. It means that you're leading the championship, so uh, I'd much rather be in that position. But um, to be honest, you just got to look at the um, championship leaderboard from last year, and I think Brock Feeney did an awesome job last year. Me and him were battling a lot, and yeah. he ended up third in the championship. And I, I don't think you can ever disregard Chaz Moston and Cam Waters. They always do a fantastic job, and if they pull a season together, you know, with their team, they'll be right up there, uh, you know, racing hard for the for the win. So um, yeah, it, you never know until it kickstarts again, like. It's like last year. Nobody would have expected Erebus Motorsport to win win the championship at the start of last year, and now they're the you know the team to beat at the end. So um, you never know who's going to step up. 
All right. Um, I know it's... I know it's the, the topic of conversation. I'm not doing my job if I don't ask you. And I've been trying to agonise around, <laughs> around this because I'm sure you are just over people asking about, about Brody. But I guess the motorsport community and sports fans in general care. And they, they want to know, one, how he is, but also what's happening. And that's probably the biggest question, isn't it? Yeah, I understand for all the fans and everyone involved that, um, you know, everyone really wants to know what's happening and, and um, that's completely fair enough. Unfortunately, I guess that, you know, that they can't comment on that right now and hopefully it comes out soon in the future. But um, what I will say is I, I think we need the champ on the grid. Um, we want to we wanna be out there racing him, have a rivalry with him and, and he's a great driver and a great bloke. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, not a lot for, for me to comment on there. Um, you know, I'm concentrated on what I'm doing this year with Triple Eight and, and making sure that we are right in the hunt for the championship. But still a great mate of mine, great bloke. He's uh, in good health. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's back on the tra- back on the grid soon. What, what's your gut telling you, mate, or even from the conversations you may have heard be part of it? I don't, I don't want you to, you know, break any uh, prom- uh, any. Uh, uh, any friendships or any uh, secrecy here, but in your gut, do you expect to see him back on the grid at some yeah. stage this year? Yeah, I'm not too sure. You know, honestly, it, it sounds like it's between, you know, Brody and Erebus right now, and I don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, it'd be fantastic, but, you know, I guess even if he was to be released or whatever's going on there, you know, the grid is full. So it'd be disappointing for someone to get kicked out if, if that's, what people are thinking. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not too sure. I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what'll go on there. To be honest, I'm, yeah, just don't really know just yet. No, Will, I understand and appreciate you uh, answering the questions, uh, the one you've probably been asked about fifty-five thousand times, mate. We wish you all the best in the debut in the Red Bull uh, next Friday at Bathurst. Will Brown, Queenslander, and now part of the Supercars Superpower. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ah, double powder finger. I love it. Yes, love your way this Valentine's Day. The love of sport too. What I do love is the Waterloo Bay Hotel. They're hosting Saturdays now. One of their new private event venues, the Lulu Room. Starts this Saturday. Tickets, 10 bucks at the door. Each Saturday, there'll be four original bands per night from 7 o'clock. Visit the Lulu Room Winham on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for your company. The Bulls with some work to do. Marnus Labashain standing captain at the crease. 47 not out in the one day against South Australia. Five for 93 after 27 overs. Until next week, good luck, good hunting.